You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I love reading the Word of God. I love to read the Bible and to see such amazing stories. I'm thankful that God has given us his word. And as I read God's word, the more I see about our God, the more he reveals to me about who he is and what he wants to accomplish and what he wants to do. For me, specifically, I enjoy reading stories of faith. I enjoy reading how uh, a group of people, or maybe the children of Israel, they're up against impossible odds, and God delivers them in such a mighty way. I love reading those stories because it encourages me that God can still do the impossible. God can still make a way. He can open the doors. He can bring down the walls. There's nothing he cannot do. I appreciate Brother Cooper's message this, this morning, and it was convicting in my heart. And it is true. We live in perilous times. As we look around us, we can see it seems like all hope could be lost. That the enemies of our God, the enemies of the church, the enemies of the children of God are prevailing in every single area. But I'm reminded as I read God's word that the battle isn't over. It's It's not done. God is going to come through. He's going to win. I've read the back of the book and we win. There is hope tonight. But what I think sometimes is lacking in our church, and lacking specifically in my life, is the faith to believe that God can. We, we re- I read the stories of the Bible, and I see God do the impossible, the amazing, the unbelievable, and I think it would it'd be so great to have been there. If I could have watched God bring down the walls of Jericho, that, how awesome would that have been? If I had seen God, walk, Jesus, walk through and heal the blind and the lame, how amazing that would have been And sometimes in my life, I forget that the God that we read about in this Bible is our God. The God that we read about that does the impossible is still our God. He still has all power. He still has all ability. There is nothing he can't do. I love that song that was on. Jesus cannot fail. He never fails. And sometimes I feel like I just lose faith in my life. That at a time when I should be believing more than ever that God can and that God will, I find myself looking around at the circumstances, the situations, and thinking, oh no, what's going to happen next? If if I'm not careful, fear can overwhelm my soul. But I want to remind us this evening that God wants to show himself strong for his people. And God wants to do an amazing work. It's not a question of if God can, but it's a question of will we have the faith? Will we have the faith to see God do more miracles? Will we have the faith that God will still use the North Valley Baptist Church to accomplish great things and reach more people? Do we have the faith? This evening, for the next few moments, I'd like to preach a message entitled, The Choice of Faith. The Choice of Faith. Let's pray together. Lord, we do love you. God, I am so thankful for the opportunity to stand and preach God, I pray that you would fill me with your power. Use me, God. I pray that I would say only what you'd have me to say tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 
2 Chronicles chapter 20, a passage that Brother Poussin just preached from a few weeks ago. And I have to admit, when he began to tell everyone and instruct everyone to open up to 2 Chronicles 20, my heart sank a little bit. Because I have to work very hard to get a message and prepare it. And it's not something that just comes naturally. And I had been praying about it. And when Brother Poussin said, open to 2 Chronicles 20, my heart sank a little bit. And I thought, oh, no, there goes my message. <laughs> what am I going to come up with now? And as he began preaching, and it was an amazing message, powerful message, I began looking at my notes. And then he started saying his points. I'm like, oh, there's my, that's that note. There's that note. And I began to pray about it and say, God, what would you have me to preach? And I couldn't get away from this passage. I have rewritten this message probably five or six times. That is no lie. And so this is original. I'm not copying Brother Pustin, but I do appreciate what he preached about. You know, faith in the Christian life is everything. It really is. It is everything. As a fish is without water, so a Christian is without faith. We must have faith. Faith is existential. Our, we exist today to please God, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is essential. Without faith, there is no salvation, for by grace are you saved through faith. I see that faith is encompassing. Every single area of the Christian life is rooted and grounded and surrounded by faith. This evening, as Christians, we know that uh, we are to pray. We have to do so by faith. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. We are surrendered to the will of God. How do we do that? By faith. Our obedience to the word of God is only accomplished because of faith. Our giving... To give 10%, to live in one of the most expensive areas in the world, and to tithe and give offerings can only be accomplished by faith. Our serving, our witness, every area of our life must be rooted, must be encompassed in faith. Throughout Scripture, we can find so many different examples of faith. As you read through the New Testament, I find a few different um, examples or elements of faith. I find those who lacked faith. Those who just didn't have enough faith to believe. I think perhaps one of the saddest verses as I read the New Testament is when Jesus comes to Nazareth and Jesus had already been performing miracles. He had already been healing the sick and the lame and the blind and the deaf. And he comes to his hometown of Nazareth and the Bible says that there he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. They lacked faith. Think about that for a moment. People who needed Jesus, people who had an infirmity, a sickness, and an illness, had Jesus pass right by him, but no miracle was done because they did not believe. There was a lack of faith. Throughout the scripture, we can find those who had a little faith. I love that story of Peter. Jesus comes walking on water and, and uh, to the boat and during the storm, and Peter sees him a distance off, and I, I love the faith of Peter, and he says, Lord, let me walk out to you. Let, let me step out of the boat and let me walk on water. And Jesus, of course, bids him out and he takes that step of faith. And lo and behold, he is standing and walking on water. Can you imagine that? Have you ever tried that? You ever walked into a pool like, all right, Lord, I believe. I believe. And you just sank to the bottom of it. I have many a time. But he took that step of faith and he began to walk on the water. But then the waves began to crash. That wind began to blow and Peter was overcome with fear and he began to sink. And Jesus says to him, oh, ye of little faith. I see a little faith is a faith that is overcome by fear. 
It is that initial faith to do something, but as soon as it gets a little rocky, as soon as it gets a little rough, fear overcomes and we begin to fail. I find those in the Bible who had a loss of faith. That is, at one time they believed. At one time they had such great faith in God, but something happened. A situation perhaps didn't go their way. Circumstances that they did not plan for. A, a prayer request that they had begged God for that wasn't answered the way they thought it should be answered and it caused a loss of faith in their life. But I'm thankful for the one I like to point out is that of a living faith. It is a faith that not only has a talk of faith, but has the walk of faith. It's a faith that causes us to act on the belief that God can and it causes us to do something. Throughout the scripture, we find so many examples of this living faith. It's a faith that says, because I believe God, I will obey his word. Because I believe God, I will put my trust and my confidence in him. Because I believe God, I will go to him in prayer. Because I believe God, I will share the gospel with others. It's a faith that causes us to do something. Not just talk about it. Not just sing about it. It's a faith that causes us to actually walk and live the Christian life of faith. So often pastors will stand up here and say, let's all be in soul winning meeting. Can I just say, if we truly believe that God wanted to save lost souls and that God could use you and me to save them and that we could go and be a witness and share the gospel, if we truly had faith, we'd be at soul winning meeting, wouldn't we? If we truly believe that God could answer our prayer, we'd pray. We'd go to prayer meeting. Why is it so often pastor has to stand up here and say, men, come to prayer meeting. Men, come to prayer meeting. If you're available, come to prayer meeting. If we were truly seeking out a God who can answer every one of our prayers, wouldn't we be found faithful going to prayer meeting, falling on our face and begging God, God, meet our needs. God, help us. God, do something great in our lives. But we don't, do we? I'm including myself. Please don't misunderstand that I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching at me tonight. Because so easily we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk of faith. It's not a living faith. It's not a doing faith. It's a faith that we just like to claim, but there's no action behind it. God is just as real and powerful today as in any other time. But what I believe is lacking in Christianity today and in my life and yours is the fact that we don't truly have that faith, that confidence, that belief that God is going to do what he has said he will do in his word. We don't stand upon the word of God. We don't claim his promises and we don't live by faith. We don't do what God has commanded us to do. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I find a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. I won't go through all this, his story because we, we heard that a few weeks ago. But the Bible says in chapter 20 that word comes to Jehoshaphat and basically he is told the enemies of God are basically at your doorstep. They're ready to invade. They have gathered themselves together. It is a great multitude and they are going to basically invade. They're already in your country. I find his predicament of faith. That in that moment when bad news came to him, he had to make a choice. What am I going to do? When he realized that the enemies of God had surrounded his nation, what was he going to do? 
When that phone call comes, when that problem comes, when that trial of life comes, we have to ask ourselves this question, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? What I don't find is he didn't go online and post it for all his friends to look at. He didn't say, hey, y'all, pray for me. Leave it at that. So people started asking him, what's going on? Well, let me tell you about it. No, he didn't do that. He, he didn't start gathering his friends and family and says, I want to talk to you about something. He, he didn't gather his counselors and said, here's the situation. What, what should we do? I find that when that predicament of life came, that, that thing, that problem, that issue that he didn't ask for, he, he wasn't looking for, it just came to him because that's how life goes sometimes. Those predicaments of faith just happen. A phone call, an email, a conversation, the issues we didn't plan for that arise, he was overtaken with fear. Have you been there before? I know I have. As I look out, as I read a news headline, and instantly fear conquers my soul, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh no, it's hopeless. Oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this fear because of the situation and the circumstances? But I'm thankful what he did. Yes, there was a moment of fear, but that's not where it ended. He didn't dwell on it. He didn't stay put there. He didn't go hide in his castle. He, he, he moved forward. And look what the Bible says. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. What did I find? Jehoshaphat purposed to have faith. He decided to have faith. He chose, I have different options, but what I am going to do is I am going to go forward by faith in my life. He set himself to seek the Lord. He resolved. It was a firm determination in his mind that he was going to seek after God. Can I just say, when troubles come in life, determine to seek after God. Before you go and talk to anyone else, before you start posting about it, before you, you start figuring it out, spinning your wheels, thinking, what am I going to do? Can I encourage you to seek the Lord? Amen. Have a purpose, faith in your life. As Christians, we must purpose that we will live our lives trusting God, relying on His Word and claiming the promises of God. Jehoshaphat sought the Lord, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Can I say as Christians today, our, our help, our only help is found in the Lord. It's not going to be in the White House. It's not going to be in the Capitol. It's not going to be in the Republican Party. It's not going to be in Donald Trump. It, it is not going to be in anything political. The only help that we have, the only hope we have is found in God. Amen. He had a purpose, faith. I'd like you to see the process of faith in his life. And for the sake of time, I'll paraphrase, but in verses 6 through 13, he goes to prayer. Say, why would he go to prayer? Because he believed that God was going to answer his prayer. Throughout the New Testament, you can find where Jesus teaches, and he says, when you pray, and when you're praying, you need to believe. If we don't believe that God can answer our prayer, why would we pray? If we don't have faith that God is listening and can meet our every need, why would we spend the time to go in prayer? But Jehoshaphat went to prayer of faith. In his prayer, it's an amazing prayer. Read it when you have time. He recognizes God's great power. I find that in his prayer, he, prayer, he prayed a prayer of past victories. 
He claimed the victories that God had already won. He said, this is what you did for your people. This is how you delivered Moses. And can I say, if we think for a moment, we can look at past victories in our life. We can look at past victories in our church. We can look at past victories in the Bible. We can stand on them. We can claim them. Why? Because it's the same God. I see there was a prayer of total dependence. Look at verse 12 with me. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh to do, but our eyes are upon thee. In this verse, you know what I find? That he had a total, a 100% dependence on God. He didn't say, all right, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to trust my army. He didn't say, God, I have faith that, you, that you'll help us, but God, I'm also going to rest assured in our chariots and our horsemen. No, he had total dependence on God. He said, God, if, if something's going to happen, if we're going to see a victory, it's not going to be because of us. It's not going to be because of our efforts. It's not going to be because of our finances. It's not going to be because of us at all. It's going to be because of you. And we have total faith and reliance on God to do what only he can do. I also find the promise of faith. It's an amazing thing that after he prayed, God answered his prayer by giving him his word. Can I say, Christians, as we pray today, God has already answered our prayer. When we have a prayer request, we can go to God's word and we can find that God shows himself real and God shows himself true through his word. Look in verse number 14 through 17 with me, please. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, and it goes down through some names, and I'll skip over that. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord. I love it when God speaks, don't you? Amen. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, for by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow. Go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. God says, I'm going to give you my response, and it's victory. Can I say that every time we go to God's word, we can find victory? Every time we open up this book, we can find truth, we can find victory, we can find hope. Why? Because there is a promise of faith. But I also see that there was a performance of faith. That in order for Jehoshaphat to claim the victory of God, there had to be obedience to the word of God. Look with me in verse number 15. And he said, hearken, and then look in verse number 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with all his face to the ground. Verse number 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth. You see, he was commanded to go forth into battle. And he obeyed the word of God. You and I will never have victory in our Christian life through faith if we don't actually obey the word of God. Amen. It begins with prayer. God, help me. God, direct me. God, guide me. We see in the Bible where God says, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It begins with prayer. If we have faith in God, then we will go to him in prayer. If we have faith in God, then we will claim the promises found in his word. If we have faith in God, then we will obey the word of God and we will uh, perform the act of faith, which is obedience. But I also find in, verse, in several of these verses that if we have true faith in God, then we will praise God. Faith is always tied to praise and praise is always tied to faith. That's right. 
If you don't have faith in God, you're not going to praise Him. When we find ourselves critiquing, when we find ourselves bitter, when we find ourselves critical, it's usually a sign that we don't have faith in God. Why? Because if we truly believe that He is who His Word said He is, then we would praise Him. In the Scripture, I find that they praise God three different times. The first time is they praise God for His Word. When God answered their prayer and gave them his word, they praised God. They fell on their knees. They bowed down. They began to pray. But I love the second time they praised God. See, as they are preparing themselves to obey God's word and as they are getting ready to march into battle, claiming the victory that God was going to give them the victory, do you know what they do? They put the singers on the front line. Now, typically, singers aren't really known as fighters. Although I saw some of those violinists with their bows. I mean, those things are dangerous. But singers were there to praise God. Say, why would they put the singers ahead of the soldiers as they marched into battle? Well, one, because no matter what the outcome was, they said, we're just going to praise God. We're already claiming the victory. God's word said we have the victory. I don't have to see it realized because I have faith in God. So I'm going to go forward and just praise God for who he is. Praise God for his holiness. Praise God for his purity. Why? Because I can claim, I can stand on the truth of the word of God. And I can have confidence in him that he's going to do what he said to do. And I can go forward praising him. But I also found that they put the singers first. Think about this. There was no plan B. There was no backup plan. There was no, if God doesn't give us the victory and we're going to have to fight for our lives, here's what we're going to do. If God didn't give them the victory, sorry singers, sorry musicians, game over for you. The faith was so strong that they said, no matter what, we trust that God is going to do what he said. So we're going to put the singers first, go into the battle, praising God, claiming the victory. And there is no backup plan. Can I say, so often in life, we have an element of faith. But in case it doesn't go through, I'll do this, this, and this. In case God doesn't deliver me in the way I thought he should, I have my reserves, I have my finances, I have my backup plan. I'll be good either way. Can I say that God always rewards total confidence and full trust in him? Not partial confidence, not partial, confidence, not partial trust, full faith and trust that he will do what he said to do. The praise of faith. I also find the prosperity of faith. That God rewards those who put their faith in him. You can read through Hebrews 11 and you can read person after person after person who God did amazing things for because of their faith. You know, as I read that chapter of Hebrews 11 and I read about Moses and I think, well, Moses failed at times, didn't he? And I read about Abraham and I think Abraham failed at times, didn't he? And these different men and women that, that um, we can read about in Hebrews 11, they had different failures. There were times where they had great defeats. But here's the catch. Here's the thing I'd like to point out. Hebrews 11 records their victories through faith. All of the failures that happened in their life happened because they doubted. Because they were fearful. Because they lacked the faith. Why? Faith always produces victory in the Christian life. And if we're going to go forward and claim the victory, we're going to have to go forward by faith, the prosperity of faith. God rewarded them by conquering their enemy. 
He said the battle was his. And Christians today, the battle is still God's. It's still his. It's not my battle. It's not your battle. It is his battle. And if we will just obey his word, claim his promises, go forward in faith, he will deliver. He will give the victory. I see that God rewarded their faith by an abundance of riches. You can see in this story that they take several days gathering up the spoils of them. Why? Because God rewards faith. But God also rewarded their faith by giving them peace. Look with me in verse 26. And verse 27. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies, and they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest about. Don't we so often get so worked up over what's going on in the world around us? I think sometimes we live in fear and anxiety because we read the news and we see what's going on over here. And not that we should be uninformed or we shouldn't have any idea what's going on. But can I say we need to have so much faith that no matter what's going on around, there can be peace inside because everything's all right in my father's house. And while the economy may be, tank, may be falling apart, everything's all right because God is my provision. Well, while we see what's going on in this area or that area in government, we can say it's okay because God is still on his throne and he is the king of kings and lord of lords and I can have peace in my heart. But I find that faith is a personal choice. It's not something that when we get saved, God does not drop a block of faith in our lives and say here's all the faith you'll ever need for the rest of your life. Faith is something that has to grow. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, increase our faith. Help, help it to grow. Help it to develop. Help, it, help, help us to have more faith in you. And I find that if we're going to do that, it's a personal choice. Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Can I say when trials come, choose faith. When hardships come, choose faith. When there is great needs in your life, choose faith. Every morning when you wake up, choose faith. Every step along the journey of life, choose faith. Every area of your life, choose faith. Before you make a major decision, choose faith. When trials come and things seem impossible, choose faith. I love that song, Jesus Never Fails. If we truly have faith in our life, it gives us the ability to march into the battle to claim the victory, to praise God no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the consequences are for taking a stand for Christ. It is a faith that will deliver us. Why? Because God is not a liar. And what he said in his word is true. I can look at my life and I can look at so many different failures I've had in my life. Think about so many times where I relied on myself and my ability and my lack of intellect that I have and I made stupid choices and decisions. I'm thankful for the opportunity to have grown up here in the North Valley Baptist Church and to see so many great examples of faith in my life. I'm thankful for the building projects and all the different offerings and all the different times that God's people sacrificed and gave by faith and it, it built faith in my life. I'll never forget that about two months after my wife and I were married, Brother Fisher was here and he was preaching, I Love My Church Sunday, and 
He was preaching on faith giving, and at the end he said this, this is what I want you to do. Whatever you came here today with planning to give to God, I want you to double it. I'm like, do what? <laughs> Come again, Brother, Brother Fisher? And he said, I want you to double it. Don't you trust God? Don't you believe that God will give back to you? Don't you believe that God will take care of you? Whatever you plan to do, just double it. My wife and I were a newly married couple, two months. I was still finishing up school, and we didn't have a lot of money, and I came with a check. That's right, a check. They didn't have online giving back then. And I had a check, and it was written out, and I looked at the amount, and I thought, hmm, really don't have the money. But he challenged, he challenged my faith to, to step out to see how God would reward it. And I remember leaning over to my wife and saying, babe, I think we should do that. We should double it. And she leaned back over and said, God didn't tell me that. <laughs> and, you know, I took that checkbook out. And when the service was over, I, and again, it wasn't a huge amount, but I doubled the amount. And I put in the offering plan. I watched it as it passed down. <laughs> and I didn't think much of it later. We, we saw God do an amazing work there, that, that offering. And this was in February, about March I remember Brother Sly actually came and talked to me and said, hey, I want to let you know that someone came by the college and paid off your school bill. They, they just paid it off. It's done. That family is still here at the church today, and I've had the privilege to teach some of their children. And I have to admit, they have no idea what that did for my faith. Because I heard it. I heard about faith. I saw the, the amazing members of the North Valley Baptist Church give by faith. I've heard our, I heard our pastor preach about faith, but for the first time really in my life on that scale, I saw God strengthen my faith. And, and I saw God reward my faith. And it, it began to work up inside me where I can trust God. I can have confidence in his word because it's true. And God is going to do what he said. I can stand on this book and know with full confidence that God is going to come through. Amen. I wish I could tell you I never made another uh, failure. I never relied on myself. But time after time after time, I saw God do amazing works of faith in my life. I saw the prosperity of faith in my life. I'll never forget. We talk about sometimes those phone calls that you get and how in a moment's notice your life can be turned upside down. I had graduated Bible college, and it was the summertime, and I was working in a local a real estate office, and I'll never forget, we were, my wife and I, we were, uh, my wife was expecting our firstborn son, Riley, and I got a phone call, and there was just, I knew, I had this feeling that something wasn't right. And she called me and said, I could hear it, her broken voice, she said, there's something wrong. I know something's not right, we have to go to the hospital. I'll never forget flying out of that office, getting in my car. I probably went 100 miles an hour down Montague Expressway to get home. And in that moment, I was overtaken by fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what was going to happen next. Fear of, of what's going on. How am I going to deal with it? What am I supposed to do? And in that moment of great fear, there was a peace that came over me as I began to pray. God, I don't even know what I'm praying for right now. God, I don't know what's going on, God, but I trust you. God, help me to have faith. God, please, whatever the issue is, please touch my wife and help her. We made our way to the hospital to find out that she had preeclampsia, and we were going to spend six weeks of our life living there in the hospital. 
you've ever been looking for a, an amazing weight loss program, try living in a hospital for six weeks. It does wonders. I lost about 20 pounds and just stressed out all the time with the emotional roller coasters. Our son was finally born many, many weeks early, little five-pound baby, preemie. And the moment he was born, they took him and got to, they said, do you want to cut his cord? And I did, had no idea. I'm like, sure, why not? You know, give me those scissors. And I was a little timid, and I cut it just a little bit too shy, and the blood squirted all over the nurse's face, and that was rough. <laughs> but they took our son, and they took him right to the NICU, and there he was going to be, and they said, he'll be here for months. He's not going anywhere, so just, just kind of get used to it and make yourself comfortable. That was not a suitable answer for my wife and I, because we believed that God was going to allow us to take him home. And we believed that God was going to raise him up. And I'll never forget the doctor came to us one day and said, we have some bad news. There's a valve on his heart that within several days of being born, that valve is supposed to close naturally. And it hasn't. We are preparing and we're getting ready. And tomorrow morning, we're going to have to go and have an open heart surgery to close that valve. I'll never forget the fear that overcame in my life. But as I had seen before, I could have faith in God. I could trust him. And I began to pray, and I began to pray and beg God. And all through the night, I'll never forget the next morning, the doctor came in and said, I don't know how to tell you this. I, I can't explain it. But his valve, that valve on his heart, which should have closed, that didn't, it closed. And he said, well, that's just a coincidence. That's just luck. No, that's faith. You say, does faith always give the victory? Yes, it does. But does faith always give us what we want? No, it doesn't. Because part of faith is understanding that God is perfect. And God is sovereign. And that while we may want something and beg for something and ask God for something, that he doesn't always give it to us because maybe it's not what we need. And it's in those moments that we can't have a loss of faith. We can't turn our back and walk away from God and say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. God didn't meet the need the way I wanted to. God didn't deliver the way I thought he should. No, God is perfect. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're so far above us. And while I may not understand, I can trust him. I can believe that although it doesn't make sense to me, that the way it happened was the way he wanted it. You ever prayed for a loved one? You ever pray for someone who you wanted to be healed? You wanted God to do that miracle and you believed in faith they would. And then it didn't happen? That can shake your faith to the very core. But it's in those moments that God wants us to have a greater faith. A faith that while we don't understand it, he knows what's best. A faith that while it doesn't make sense to us, his way is perfect. But we have to decide, we have to choose to have faith. Trials come in every one of our lives. We can't determine when they're going to come, they just come. But when they do, we can determine how we're going to respond. We can purpose in our heart that I will live by faith no matter what. No matter when life is at its best, when I'm on the mountain or when I'm in the valley. When everything's going my way or when nothing's going my way, we can walk in faith, believing the word of God and trusting God. 
a choice of faith. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.